This week on Ultra 64, do a barrel roll. Ah, my voice cracked. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> this week on roll. Here, wait, <laughs> let, let me do it, Steve. <laughs> this week on Ultra 64, do a barrel roll. Or, you know, don't. Do a barrel roll. We're not the boss of you. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the internet's high flyingest, fox shootingest, gun totingest, laser blastingest, barrel rollingest podcast in the universe. My name is Steve Gunley. I'm Woody Siskowski. And we are joined by our special guest today. Hi, I'm Brendan Francis. Welcome, Brendan. Brendan's a first timer here on the show. Uh, we're very happy to have you here. Be gentle with me. Finally, a <sighs> podcast that begs to ask the question what if some white guys get together and talk about video games? Oh, you know no. It's about time. Yeah, it's about time we're breaking that barrier. <laughs> Oh, man, we're excited today because we are talking about Star Fox 64. We're getting foxy in here. Ooh, man, is it foxy and froggy. It's getting oh, real froggy. Gross. Slippy. It's yeah. getting slippy. Oh. And, and peppy and oh, yeah. uh, wolf. And, uh, a little bit of falco-y. Falco-y, yes. A little bit of falco-y. My... I'm not going to do that. I'm nope. never going to do that again. I apologize <laughs> to everybody for that. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this one because this is one of the biggest games in the Nintendo 64, and it's also one I have never played until tonight. Yeah. This is probably the highest profile game on the system that I've never touched yeah. at all. So uh, I have now touched it, and wow. it's touched me. I, and we, I, we rubbed it against your body. We, we put we essential oils on yeah. a cartridge and on your Lots body. Of butter. And we, we oiled up the nubs, yeah. sent them my way. Uh, normally I just do that when you guys are gone, but... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're talking about Star Fox. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, I think the first and most important thing to note about Star Fox is that when I was researching this, I came across a completely unrelated game called Star Fox for the Spectrum ZX. There's another There's a, game, I think, for the common, for the Atari called Star Fox. I think it might be the same. Is that the, no, that the I guy with the red jumpsuit? two different... Oh, there are two different yeah. ones. Is that the red jumpsuit guy? Uh, I don't know. There's, there's, oh, there's, there's a, a Marvel. No, there's a Marvel superhero oh, yeah, called yeah, yeah. Star, Fox. Star Fox. Right? Yeah, he was one of the original uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but the important part about this game is that it was made by a company called Areola Soft, ah. which made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Good. I'm like, this is not relevant to nothing, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention Areola Soft. <laughs> it's weird oh. that. The name Star Fox was used for two different games and a Marvel character from the 70s before yeah. it. I don't know. It's just a weird well, sort of go-to name. I mean, for... it's better than like Star Cat or something like that. I don't know. There's a nice, uh, there's a nice symmetry to it. You have a nice hard X at the end, and, and this one it's taken very literally. You're literally playing as a fox in the stars. It's it's very confusing to me that your name, your character is Star Fox mm. or Fox McCloud. Your wingmen are Peppy Hair, mm. Slippy Toad, which Ugh. clearly connotes it. You know. Like their species, yeah, and terrible. then Falco Lombardi. I was <laughs> noting that too. Like a lot of the characters have very specifically uh, ethnic Earth names. Like uh, uh, Leon Pawalski is a very Polish sounding name. Oh yeah, of uh, the chameleon villain in this, and there's like Irish and Scottish and Italian names in here. So I'm like. This is a weird world that they've got, because these are all talking anthropomorphized animals in a different galaxy, one presumes. <sighs> so, yeah, do you think that they... Well, they Yeah, they do refer to the other characters as sometimes... I believe one time Falco accuses someone of being a dirty monkey. Yes, oh. yeah, so they recognize each other as other species. So it so seems like, the like the la- it must be really there. confusing if the last name... You would think that, like, Slippy Toad would have been taken already as a name. Yeah. Like, the last name Toad. The Toad family must be huge. Yeah, because there's nobody like Jared Person, you know, or, yeah. you know, Jim you know Human that? Pants. I could, I it know. could exist. I'm going to name my kid Jim Human Pants just to spite you, Steve. <laughs> to spite me or I'll, honor me. I, yeah, feel, I would feel honored yeah, by I will that. Be doing well, that I'm just saying that you. people will listen back on this podcast and then write in. And yes, like, There is true. a Jim Human Pants, and he's the new president of the United States. <laughs> I, would, I would welcome him. Welcome, Jim Human Pants. You're clearly an alien posing as a man, and uh, you're a market step up. <laughs> 
up. <laughs> Huge step up. You may be trying to kill us, but it'll be in a more direct and less annoying way. Oh. Uh, oh. So this game is huge, huge, huge. This was the ninth best-selling game on the Nintendo 64. Sold four million copies. It was the second highest-selling game of 1997, only behind Mario oh, Kart 64. My birth year. Oh, God, we've got a baby in here. Oh, my God. Let me go get the Pampers. Let me set up your crib. Let's put on some Blue's Clues videos on the iTunes so you will be distracted while the big boys talk about the video games that were out when we were teenagers. Okay, wow. fine. Fine. <laughs> no, seriously, we're glad to have you. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I was a teenager at this point. I think I was nine when this game I, came I out. So. I would have been uh, 13 going on 14. Yeah. So, right. Budding adolescence. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with some uh, some anthropomorphic space animals. I, You know, I'm glad I didn't discover this game at this formative period in my life. I, really, I feel like I would have very different I really, the, the sequel to this Ooh. game, Star Fox Adventures, yeah. Features a real sexy fox Very lady. Very sexy which fox. Too much. It's like, a little. Yeah, it always makes me uncomfortable. It's like that Disney Robin Hood movie. I like haven't it. seen this. This is this Star Fox Adventures. We can talk a little bit about that later. But it's like a like a third person action game, Ooh. Zelda style. And there's a, a oh, okay. female. Like a gray fox named Crystal with a K, very stripper like. Oh, and uh, no offense to our non-stripper crystals with a K out there, Prime Minister. Or our I'm sorry. stripper <laughs> crystals with a C. Oh yes, yeah. no, yeah, no, we don't want to. Yeah, or the the CRI uh, crystals. You yeah, know, we that's don't not a name. Discriminate I don't think anybody. that's a real name. It's, a, it's an expensive ass champagne. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you provide that for your guests? Because it's expensive and it's ass. Is this is this like a test to see how long we can talk about random shit before we like actually like we've, learn anything about passed. Star Fox? Hooray! All right, Hooray. Okay, I will go back. Let's talk about Star Fox. All right. The original Star Fox came out on the Super NES in 1993, and it was a pretty big deal when it came out because it was like the showcase for a kind of trick technology that Nintendo called the uh, Super FX chip. Which allowed you to have super high def, awesome 3D graphics on your Nintendo Super Nintendo, and uh, so it was a big hit. It was I produced don't and developed think it was by on Donkey Kong Country. No, no, I don't I think so. I thought it was because I remember I had to get the expansion pack for it. You're thinking you're, oh, no, we're talking 64. about Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, the Super yeah. Nintendo. Um, nice. So there's. There's not too many high-profile games that use it. Star Fox was the big one for Super Nintendo, and then I believe Yoshi's Island and uh, used Castlevania it. Four uh, okay. used it for some of the backgrounds. Cool. Really? Yeah. But Castlevania Four was like a launch game. Yeah. Well, no, I I don't think so. I'll have to double check on I, this. But that but seems weird to me. I'm not believing. I'm pretty sure there are some levels in there that are like rotating yeah. and like have spinning backgrounds and everything. And I think it utilized the super. Effects yeah. So like the, the point is, this came out and you're like, wow, this is like 3D graphic because all these Star Fox games they're like on rail shooters. Yeah. So you follow this ship behind the ship and it goes forward and you shoot at things. So it really does give the illusion of 3D, which was a pretty big deal for Super Nintendo. Yeah. The trade off is that game kind of looks like butt. It, um, even then, I would argue. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, and I wasn't like, oh my god, this is 3D. I was like, what am I looking at here? Yeah, because <laughs> nothing really looks like anything. It's all just very, like, everything's just a shape. I, I understood like, that I was moving in a 3D space. Like, when it's moving, it's like you, you get that sensation. Yeah, you do feel that. But you don't you don't know what you're looking at or what you're shooting at or what, you know. So your ship is basically just a series of three triangles, three, like, uh, wireframe triangles. Uh, and you're center stage, and you can steer around, and you can shoot stuff. It's sort of a game. It's sort of half game, half tech demo. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of a thing that Fox, the Fox Star Fox character, is kind of relegated to. He's kind of a B list uh, Nintendo character. Yeah. And I think that's because they put a lot of emphasis on being like, what technology can we show off with Star Fox, rather than how do we make like a super awesome. Game. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. You know, I've been I've been replaying it a little bit. I have the Super NES Mini, uh, and I've been replaying it. It's it's fun. It's playable once you kind of give in and just kind of accept that like it looks everything's really just kind of blinky and <laughs> yeah. like weird shapes. Like you can get into it, and I can appreciate some of the design choices that went into it. Um, mm. But and yeah, there was so a it, sequel for Super Nintendo. There was sort a of. sequel because uh, the that first game was a huge hit. It sold. 3 million copies and was the 14th best-selling game on the Super Nintendo. So the sequel was greenlit. Um, Star Fox 2 was slated to come out in 1996. It was pretty much done uh, and it was ready to come out in Europe and then they kind of abruptly pulled the plug on it. This was uh, Shigeru Miyamoto who decided to... This is, I think, the first Miyamoto game we've talked about. 
right? Banjo Kazooie, no association. No, that there? wasn't him. Okay. No. Oh yeah, because it's rare. And Mario Party wasn't him. I mean, he invented Mario, but sure. it obviously. Uh, so yeah, Shigeru Miyamoto, the most legendary video game developer ever. I don't think there's really any dispute about that. This was one of his babies, um, and so. He kind of had the the final call on Star Fox 2, and he decided to pull the plug and focus all their resources on Star Fox 64 uh, and just kind of emphasize that technology. And so there was been... Star Fox 2 is sort of floated around as an unreleased prototype. You could download the ROM since the game was mostly done and people had, like, flashed it to, you know, reproduction cartridges or things like that. Um, But it finally got an official release... 2017 mm-hmm. um, on the Super Nintendo Classic system, which was kind of a big deal selling point for it, but honestly, it's like probably one of the worst games on that system. Well, I don't know. I haven't gone through the whole system yet, but I, I will say the little bit of time I've spent on Star Fox 2, I enjoy it. I like the different changes that they make. There's kind of a cool cutscene in the beginning where you're fighting a space dragon, and again, it's like rudimentary graphics, but it is a big step up over the first one. They've got kind of a real-time map like where you're supposed to be kind of flying around to different planets and also intercepting missiles that are about to hit Corneria. Yeah. Which was a cool feature I thought. Uh, and you could turn into a mech at any time. It's oh. um it's was like a weird cancellation when we were when you in nineteen ninety six you're like, why did they cancel this game? But yeah. like looking back it makes a lot of sense. Cause I mean, you know, obviously we're gonna get into more Star Fox sixty four, but I think a lot of the things that make Starcraft sixty four fun and impressive would not have been fun and impressive because you would have just seen them in Star Fox 2. That's true. Like, there's a Isn't lock-in similar? feature. I Well, it did a lot of stuff. There's a lock-in feature, the ability to walk in the ground on the mech. Yeah. And so Star Fox 64 seemed like a huge improvement over the first Star Fox because we never saw Star Fox 2. It makes sense. No, it, it, um, does, it does make sense. And with the N64 just launching right around the time that Star Fox 2 was slated to come out, like... Super NES was on its way out. And to release a 3D game for Super Nintendo that looks like it did is not going to impress people when they can play something on the PlayStation. Totally, totally. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we talk about the game itself, I think uh, we might need to dip into a little bit of Ultra 64 Theater, Ooh. which we haven't dusted off in a while. But uh, Let, can, wanna, I, can I set wanna, some context you for this? this up? Yeah, okay, so I used to be a subscriber to Nintendo Power. The, uh, now the you're hints playing and, with Power. Yeah, the hints oh, and tricks God. straight from Nintendo. Ooh. And um, they would send longtime subscribers VHS tapes in the mail. Yes. Um, I believe there was... About, What's a VHS tape? Yeah. <laughs> you go right to hell! <laughs> Go I, I think there, there was about ten of them. Um, you f- focused on different games for the Nintendo sixty, or different games for Nintendo. There was a Donkey Kong Country one, mm. um, Jet Force Gemini, Banjo Kazooie, yeah. Diddy Kong Racing. So I received the Star Fox sixty four one in the mail, um, and oh. I probably watched. You know, it's just a promotional thing telling you about the game and why Nintendo is great. I probably watched this tape like. 30 times like I was I was transcribing it for our theater today and I'm like I don't even know if I need to watch the clip on YouTube um Okay, I so, thought this was just like a random video you discovered on the internet. Oh, no, like, I definitely okay. received it and so watched it many, many times. What I'm getting um, is that we would definitely have been friends in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, some context for this. Um, imagine screen opens. I, I, put, I put the tape in the v- VCR. Screen opens. A man is uh, skydiving out of a plane. What a badass. On the ground, a guy in a Sony shirt is on a walkie-talkie. The eagle has landed. The eagle has landed. A guy in a set... When the guy lands on the ground, a guy in a Sega shirt jumps out, chloroforms the guy who just landed, (laughs) and they start laughing maniacally to one another. Sure. Now, fade up. They're in a warehouse um, with the pilot guy tied to the chair and the guy in the Sony shirt and the Sega shirt looking over him. So, scene is set. Are we ready to go? We shall slip on the mask of the thespian once again. Yes, yes, here we are. What's this about? Quiet, big boy. We'll ask the questions around here. Word on the street is you got a new Nintendo 64 game coming out. Could you be a little more specific? We got a lot of new games coming out. Oh, we got a lot of new games coming out. Star Fox 64, test pilot boy. Oh, you want to know about Star Fox? Yeah, and you'd better tell us all you know, or else... Or else what? Uh... Or else Plumber Boy here gets it. Sony guy moves a tarp to reveal Mario doll with its head between a crank clamp. Wait, wait, 
What are you guys doing with Mario? Sega guy begins to tighten the clamp. (laughs) (laughs) No! No! Leave Mario out of this! (laughs) Stop Stop talking! Okay. 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 You've made your point. Star Fox 64 is the highly advanced combat game for the Nintendo 64. The Fox team includes Fox McCloud and his wingmen, Peppy Hair, Slippy Toad, and Falco Lombardi. The team is sent on missions to destroy Andros, the mad scientist who has declared war on the entire Lilat system. This sounds like a fun bunch. But what do these guys drive? Yeah, some beat-up B-52? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. In Star Fox 64, there are three vehicles for missions. For air battles, you've got the R-Wing. Check this out. This vehicle comes with all the latest cool moves. You can do barrel rolls, make U-turns, it can even do somersaults. And you can lock on your enemies before blowing them away. And for battles on land, you've got the Landmaster Tank, a totally brand new vehicle that hovers and rolls over enemy obstacles. Then, for underwater battles, you've got this submarine called the Blue Marine. This baby fires torpedoes that light up the dark areas for better vision before taking out the enemies in front of you. And then, you know, there's also, like, real-time dialogue in the game. Steve, put in some clips of the real-time dialogue from the game here. Okay. Or don't. I don't know. <laughs> and then just now our leaders know what we're talking about. Can we listen to the real-time dialogue? Kind of makes you feel like you're part of the game, doesn't it? Wow. This really is the coolest game out there. You see, I, I told you. <laughs> you guys, you don't know the half of it. Wait, there's more? End of part one. We will check back in with what our What will happen with our intrepid oh, heroes? No. Tune in next week and buy war bonds. <laughs> By next week, we mean in a little bit. Later in this episode, yes. yes so yes. Uh, so what is, the other thing that they are talking about, the, uh, the, the thing that they don't know the half of, is the rumble the pack. The rumble bum, pack. Bum, bum. Man, let's get into the rumble pack because... Well, should we talk... Well, let's talk... Let's, I think we should talk about the gameplay of Star Fox gameplay a first? little bit. Okay, we can um, dig into that. So, um, all right, let's let's. The actual game itself was released on June thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven. Hey. Of course, published and developed by Nintendo. So this game older days after my birthday. You okay. son of a bitch. I'm older than it. <laughs> anyway, uh, published and released by Nintendo. So, um, the the interesting thing with the Star Fox series is that it never really sequelizes, you know, at least not until that Star Fox 2 was eventually released. It just kind of reboots itself over and over again. Yeah, it's just Andross declares war. Yeah. And then you go on planets until you get to Andross. Which I guess isn't entirely unlike Zelda or Mario or other things. Like, those aren't really direct sequels of each other. dare say anything bad about them. I would not besmirch them. Calm down. I love them much, but they're not like, they, they are just all kind of reboots of each other. Yeah, they're just the same story over and over. But this one's kind of literally that. So, uh, and but this so uh, let's see, yeah all right. So this series very few direct sequels, uh, and this is kind of a soft reboot of the first one with better graphics and a more detailed story and much better controls and yeah. more levels and everything's yeah, everything. better. Uh, the story was actually like really kind of pulpy and fun. Like uh, so, I, I looked up some of the details of it. So there's an ape scientist named Andros. He's become corrupted by power. He develops a super weapon and destroys large parts of his home planet, which is called Corneria. So there's a, a space general that's a dog. His name is General Pepper. And he captures Andros, banishes him to the planet Venom, and leaves him there for five years. After all this time, they start noticing some bases popping up on planet Venom. They think he's starting to plan an attack. So they de- deploy the Star Fox team, which is made up of James McCloud, Peppy Hare, and Pigma Dengar, who's mm. a pig. Um, oh, yeah, really? He's oh. a pig. Really? Uh, Pigma turns out to be a traitor. Uh, he betrays James and Peppy. They are kidnapped. Uh, Peppy is able to escape and make it back, and he's able to tell James's son, Fox, about this. And so the Star Fox team, the new Star Fox team, is deployed to take out Andros and stop him from destroying the universe. The new Star Fox team, of course, is Fox McCloud, Slippy Toad, Peppy Hare, and Falco Lombardi. One thing I had forgotten about in this game, because I played this game a lot, yeah. um, is how good good a job this game does of being cinematic. Oh, like, yeah. um, there's 
you know, I would just get in the habit of skipping the cutscenes because I had, you know, played it through them. a bunch yeah. of times. But there's cutscenes between every level. Um, there's a level where, you know, you're flying around a base and then this enemy team, like the, the evil equivalent of the Star Fox team, the Star Wolf team, yeah. comes to shoot you down. Pigma has joined that team. Mm-hmm. Ooh, are uh, you talking about the one that I failed I did. epically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did fail epically, but then there's a bomb going. <laughs> and, like, you know, now you're trying to do this... Uh, I, is it is it still a dog fight if you're playing as uh, as, a, a as animal? Yeah. I mean, foxes are kind of dogs, right? They're in the dog family, or are they, are they more canines? cats? Yeah. No, they're canines. They're, they're, they're more canines. They're yeah. Canines. Um, yeah. So you're you're flying around and like you need to kill all these guys before you activate this can deactivate the bomb yeah. and like depending on how you do in various levels, like if you can defeat enough enemies or go these sort of secret paths, you unlock a whole different path through the worlds. There's like 15 levels or. Probably like twenty levels in this game. From from what I read, you can take twenty five different paths. Yeah, so, so there's yeah. a lot of levels in this game, but it's only about seven planets long to make a complete playthrough. You can play through it in about an hour, which um, we did. Which yeah, we this did, is I one think. of the few games we've actually. I think the only game that we've actually beaten uh, while we were playing through it. Like because you can, we played through the easy levels. And we beat the whole game in about an hour. But it's amazing the quantity of gameplay and like high quality gameplay that they hide in this game. And yeah. like, because you can essentially like not see the tank at all. I think there's only two levels that use the tank, and the tank levels are really cool. There's yeah, one where fun. you're going along next to this train, and you have to shoot these trains, uh, these switches, to make the train go different. Directions. I don't think we oh. saw the submarine ever, did we? No, there's no. only one submarine level, um, and I believe you need to go in the hardest path to get there. But I imagine that only kind of plays like the R wing levels. It right? does. It's, yeah, just it's just slower. slower. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not super interesting. The tank is really cool. Um, but and all the levels are like impressively varied, um, and some of the levels have a thing. Most of the levels, you know, it's just on rail, so you're going in a very straight line. But yeah. some of them, the wings open up, and you it's like a 3D space that you can fly in all directions and do tricks to, like, barrel roll or something. So, do a barrel roll! Do a barrel, do a barrel roll! The, uh, the infamous uh, sound clip is Peppy Hair shouting instructions at you. And it's very easy to do a barrel roll, and yeah. it's fun, and it helps you avoid Speak damage. Yourself. <laughs> I, you I double tap one button. It's RR. Oh, ZZ. see, I was taking the wrong route there. Oh, see, that's the This game has a lot of memes. I believe I saw an aim for the whole four hatches on the underside meme for a long time. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I don't remember that. what I that, saw one that one was. That one. I remember that. that it's was like weird how much ago. of like a pop culture black hole this game is for me. I missed out on a lot of these things. Like, yeah, because you suck. I, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> So, uh, there's a large, large amount of uh, voice acting in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, really an oh. impressive amount of voice acting to be crammed onto I a mean, cartridge. let's not use the word impressive with the voice acting. I don't think the voice <laughs> acting bad. is bad. No, it's... You it, have not played some of these games that we've been dealing with, <laughs> yeah. Brandon. Uh, uh, it's I mean, it, cheesy, it functions, it functions but... to me as well as any mid-90s Saturday morning okay, cartoon. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I just... It's cheesy, but it's like the quality is fine, and like I feel like the actors are match are being passionate and emotive. Yeah, well, and I, I, I liked all of them, but one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you had a real bone to pick with Slippy Toad. Like, what, what was it? What was bothering you? About I don't know. Just, uh, just a trope kind of character. This is like the made to be the weak link, and it ended up that Slippy yeah. was the weak link. Well, yeah. There's a constant stream. Sometimes the dialogue does get annoying where people repeat where the characters repeat the same things over and over there's definitely a lot of fox get this guy off me and i think which uh, gets irritating the animation for the dialogue is definitely worth noting it looked like they were having a seizure every time they were speaking well i i I read about this okay so apparently a lot of the direction for this game was uh came from shigeru miyamoto being a fan of there's a 1960 marionette show called thunderbirds uh, which it's like a kid's show. It's all animated with these crazy-looking marionettes, and uh, that was a nod to that. Oh, really? Because that's how their mouths oh, move they just when they talk. Up and down, up and down. So that was what he wanted to do, and it also saved time on animation, like I for the imagine. in-game, like little uh, radio sequences. Okay. So uh, allegedly, that's what uh, the story behind that is. But I mean, yeah, no, I I didn't have a problem with the voice acting, and I liked just how much they were able to stuff into it. There's a lot of story. I think you get a lot of personality uh, through just little moments and just through with through minimal interactions like yeah like falco is very clearly a douchebag yeah, yeah. Like, you realize falco. that within the first what five he minutes he's ice man he's, he's ice man he's val kilmer yeah. and uh, he's he's jealous of fox's tom cruise studliness 
mean, which, speaking of ugliness, uh, there are a lot of shirtless art of uh, Fox McCloud on the internet, by oh, the way. Oh, wow. That's yeah. just, I wasn't even looking I'm for not that. I'm sure. 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 was, I was just looking for, like, images of the game. Like, I'm and sure it's all it, shirtless uh, Fox. All shirtless Fox. Yeah, I mean, like, how could you Right resist? behind Knuckles. Right behind Knuckles the, what, what is Knuckles? Knuckles the Echidna. echidna. Yeah. yeah, right behind Knuckles the Echidna, and mm. then Sonic. No, and then there's you out, you out Fox. I don't know. I've never seen the Sonic ones. I've definitely seen oh, the Knuckles There's a lot of Sonic ones. There's a lot of I mean, Sonic getting Shrek pregnant. Oh, I remember <laughs> my favorite game on Underground was, uh, oh, Newgrounds. Newgrounds, Newgrounds was, oh, yeah. uh, was a fan-made Tales, Tales game, and it was just about Tales' sexual endeavors. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if you think Knuckles is bad, just oh. wait till you find that game. The, that's a maybe even weirder subculture than the Waluigi one. Like, I don't know, the uh, Sonic you, That's the not Sonic subculture. Fan. That's... that's that's mainstream. I, I don't, you are wearing Waluigi purple, right? I, I, am. Yeah, so. I am. I don't mean Waluigi to, fan. like, alienate a large percentage of people who listen to this podcast, but, like, will somebody please tell us what the deal with Sonic the Hedgehog is <laughs> and, like, why people like it yeah. and thick. still care? I like. I mean, I there were, like, four good games for the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Like, well, why is there still a fan had, base for Sonic? You had Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which... I mean, no, that's I a kind of a cool game. I didn't what? care for that one. I like Sonic Adventure 2. Isn't that when the Chow Garden was introduced? Yeah. No, Sonic Adventure oh, 1 was where they introduced okay, that. Okay, well, that was uh, my favorite game. And I like that one fine, but also, it also has, like, big chunks of, like, just fishing. That's, or, like, that's awesome. I just think yeah. it's weird that I've, somehow Sonic has managed to maintain such a fan base I and think, people uh, who... The Shadow game is the one that really solidified oh, where the fan he's using base. real guns. Real guns yeah. and killing oh, real Christ. people. That's my favorite oh, game. Oh. Yeah, that's what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I think that the whole fan base is kind of baffling. And they just announced, like, there's going to be a live-action movie where Sonic, an animated Sonic, is going to team up with a live-action James Marsden from Westworld. <laughs> And they're gonna solve crimes or something. It's like I'm, that does not surprise me. I, it's I, like you uh, can bet your ass I'll be there opening night, it, midnight. This, wow, no one's gonna understand this. Re- maybe Woody will understand this reference, but the plot of it reminds me of a gnome named Norm. I don't know a Norm. Okay, a gnome. I do. It's where Anthony Michael Hall is partnered up with a gnome, oh, and yep, they have to solve crimes. Wait, well, I tried that, to forget uh, about that. You've seen that? Yes, I've seen it. Oh my god, isn't it's that crazy. the Whoopi Goldberg dinosaur movie? That's too? Theodore Rex. Yeah, oh, yeah, Rex. yeah. Theodore Rex is amazing. Wow, so how did we cool. get off on this tangent? <laughs> I don't even care. It's amazing. Uh, so I will say after uh, I've been replaying the Super NES games uh, for the last couple days, like in preparation for this, and after all the time spent with those, this game looks fucking amazing. It yeah. looks gorgeous. Really smooth animation, great textures. I can tell what I'm shooting and when. Uh, you have excellent range of control, even if though you are ostensibly on rails mm-hmm. for the entire time. Yeah. But that just kind of makes it more of a shooting gallery, and you're not worried about like zeroing back around. And it's actually kind of why the multiplayer didn't work for me. Ooh, we played a little uh. bit. There's there's four player multiplayer, and it's all like dogfights. The multiplayer in this game is bad. Just I'm just just factually, this it's it has very not, bad multiplayer. I, I mean, think. Oh, it, what was the last mode we played? Time trials was that one was okay. slightly better. Where we try to shoot. shoot other enemies and get a high score. But I think that there's probably. People have an association with this. There's probably a group of people out there who have only played this game for the multiplayer. Because like you said, it sold a bunch of copies. Yeah. You would go to someone's house. You're like, ah, oh, we're sick of Mario Kart. We're sick of Goldeneye. Like, let's play Star Fox. And then you associate it. I would like, get sick of either of those well, games. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh-huh. But I do remember, like, let's try Star Fox. And then we would play it and make, man, this is boring. Um, because the the levels are so open, yeah, and you're the only things on the levels. So to just fly around behind the other person and try to shoot them down, it's not fun. It's, it's totally negligible. It's though. essentially like, a single player game. You could yeah. have an, an excellent time with this game and never touch the multiplayer once. Like it yeah. doesn't hurt anything to not have the multiplayer. I just, in there. I yeah. definitely remember, and I, we'll probably talk about this more. I feel like there was a run probably right around the time Goldeneye was released or yeah. after where they're like, every game needs they to have multiplayer. multiplayer. And yeah. there's some bizarre games with multiplayer like Donkey Kong 64 has multiplayer, yeah. which is not even necessarily like bad. It's just really weird. And like, then later they did like Metroid Prime 2 at multiplayer and it was just really shitty multiplayer. Like it's a great game, but it, it's just, it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right, you know? It was just clearly such like a throw on to... Yeah. And, and yeah. just Metroid is meant to be played alone, I think. I think it's just, it's all about the the isolation and, yeah, I don't know. I think Star Fox would be really cool with the co-op mode. Brendan asked me when we were playing mm. the main game, he's like, so in two player, or is it like one player controls on the Wigman? And it's like, no, but that would be really be cool. Fun. Yeah, I'm sure them. that's out there by now. Yeah. I'm sure like the Wii U. Yeah. Or the, yeah. 
I guess we haven't really kept up with the Star Fox games. Not as much. This I mean, was this is by far the most successful Star Fox oh, game, right? Uh, yeah, by yeah. not even close. Yeah, okay. yeah, far and away. This one was actually uh, re-released for the 3DS, so they they remastered it same way they did Ocarina of Time and just called it Star Fox 64 3D. Ocarina, Ocarina, Ocarina. Ocarina. I'm pretty sure it's Ocarina. Well, and person- Ocarina is an Ocarina made from oak. Oh, there it is. Okay. Is that, is that fat on, on yeah. Wikipedia that yeah. real quick? Let me get back to you. The person that. who corrected us on Infogram, please write in. Could tell us how to <laughs> correctly pronounce Ocarina. For the love of God. Yeah, I, I never really knew. Um, do we want to uh, revisit our, our friends in the... Uh, yeah, okay, so let's, we'll let's... see how Peter the Test Pilot is doing. Um, as, when last we saw yeah. our heroes... <laughs> Let me wait. Give me a second. Let's go back just a couple lines so we can catch the listeners up. Um, So let's take it from Wow. This really is the coolest game out there. Wow. This really is the coolest game out there. You see, I told you. You guys, you don't know the half of it. Wait, there's more? Well, yeah. But Bob would kill me if I told you. Well, we'll just have to get this Bob guy to tell us himself. Fade out. And fade in on Sony and Sega in a lab wearing yellow jumpsuits holding a box of pizza. Pizza for Bob. Are you... Bob? Yeah. Uh, no. Bob... What? Sorry. Yeah, but but I, I, I didn't order any pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sony and Sega open the box and the room fills with knockout gas. Fade in at the hideout as Bob is tied to a chair. Mmm, this is good pizza! Peter? Your test pilot buddy just spilled his guts about Star Fox 64. Peter, you didn't tell them about the Rumble Pack, did you? No. Bob, you just did. I did? You did. (gasps) Spill it, big boy. Make me. With pleasure. Look at Plumber Boy now. Sony reveals the Mario doll again. This time its ears are connected via jumper cables to a battery. <laughs> Sega guy touches the cables to the battery and the, bo- the doll begins jumping around in shock. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's enough. That's enough. All right. This is the Rumble Pack. The biggest reason that Star Fox 64 is the coolest cinematic experience that there is. It's designed with a force feedback device that lets players feel the game. Wait a minute. You're telling me that this rumble pack actually lets players feel the game? Like, you're, you're actually inside the cockpit fighting and flying? That's impossible! Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh Hook it up. I want to feel this myself. Heavy guitar music starts playing. <laughs> the rumble pack lets you feel different degrees of vibration, like when you turbo boost or shoot a bomb. The rumble pack feeds back a slight turbulent vibration. Whoa! I actually felt it! I told ya. And when you get hit by enemy fire, you even feel more of the vibration. You feel even more of the vibration. Whoa, cool! What's really cool is that when you crash your vehicle, that's when you really feel the vibration. This This is incredible! incredible. Well, what do you guys say? You into a little multiplayer action? Let's get ready to rumble! Gentlemen! Welcome to Versus Mode. Up to four players at once. Each player has his own quadrant on the screen, and there are three game modes. This is fantastic! Now, can you play this on Sega Saturn? Nope, only on Nintendo 64. Well, well, what about PlayStation? Can you play this game on that system? Nope, only on Nintendo 64! As much as we'd love to stick around here and keep playing with you guys, we gotta go. Sorry, guys. Thanks for the pizza, guys. See you later, boys! And <laughs> <laughs> scene. All right. Looks wow. like everything worked out for the best. You know what? I'm relieved. I'm always happy when uh, there's a positive message and uh, it really comes forth in the in the material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I still have that VHS tape sitting. You did I bring want it. it. That's amazing. All right. Let's talk about the Rumble Pack real quick because that's the most one of the most important innovations of this game. Uh, so, I I don't know. Maybe you guys can counter me on this, but I feel like this has to be the most used Nintendo peripheral of all time. Oh, I will I will counter you on that a hundred percent. Just because oh, it's think? far more interesting if I'm okay. G- Even uh, if you're wrong, course. you just want to counter me. Well, I don't. You don't <laughs> use. I don't use it anymore. You don't use it anymore. Okay. No. What I mean. What I mean is like a lot of the time Nintendo would release a peripheral that would have. 
it would, it would be cool and it would only have like five or six uses like the transfer pack or something like this okay oh, this one was compatible with almost every game on the system Okay, I, I see what you meant. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's I, what I mean by most used, like by so, most. So, and again, technically, I will, I will still argue with you. Okay. And I would say that the Game Boy Player for the GameCube is compatible with far more games Ooh, in terms okay, of letting okay. you. Fair enough. Because it's compatible with all of the Game Boy Advance and previous Game Boy games. I was not fortunate enough to uh, experience either of these things in my <laughs> youth, so I will okay. step out of this debate. The the Rumble Pack, yeah. So. I mean, the name kind of says it all. You would just yeah. clip it into the bottom of the controller where you would put a memory card. Um, and then when certain things happen in the game, you know, the controller would shake. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a technology. It's called haptic technology. And it kind of... It, it was first implemented in, like, fighter jets. Uh, so the joystick or the seats and things like that would shake to give the pilot a sense of more connection to their mm-hmm. plane. It would give them, let them know when, like things were dangerous or uh, and it helped them control it better and this was definitely the game so it's it's not powered from the controller it's power you have to put in the triple a batteries triple A's, yeah two triple um and but this was de- and it was packaged in with star fox 64 yeah. it was the and like it was a great game to package it in with because like i said it's a cinematic game it really fits when um dudes you know shoot you and your whole controller shakes it's really cool yeah um it's less cool in a lot of other games because you're constantly having to switch your rumble pack and controller card. Oh, yeah. That's I also pain, feel yes. like it provides a weird sort of weight because Absolutely. it has the batteries and it hangs down below the controller. You, I'm tickling, tickling yes, the rumble pack down that, here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're used to the weightless controller, yeah. it's definitely kind of a obstacle. And you, you get the most out of it if it's, like, I find, if it's like resting on your leg. Like, if you're playing with it resting like right in your leg. I don't other, know other people who play with the remotes resting on their I'm leg. I'm just saying, otherwise, I, like to, I, I wasn't I, feeling the vibration. Maybe just because I'm used to, like, feeling it in the handholds of the controller. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in this way, like, it's, you feel it most strongly that So way. this was, yeah. I th- certainly the most main, the first most mainstream use of this technology of like having the force feedback. And now it's every now, Yeah, now it's every controller just has it built in. So this like, was another yeah. Nintendo Sony innovation. Sony actually tried to release the 6-axis controller for the PlayStation 3 without the rumble feature and fans threw a little fit yeah. until they re-released the controller, <laughs> got rid of the motion sensing nonsense in that game, that controller and uh, put the rumble feature back in. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, at this point it just feels weird to not play with a rumbling controller. Yeah. Uh, which is a pretty huge innovation, yeah. I mean, uh, so they weren't the first to get to it. Uh, I guess technically the first to get to it was uh, the Aura Interactor. Do you remember this? No. It was a vest. Uh, It was a rumbling vest that you put... I remember seeing ads for it in the back of, like, EGM and stuff, and I really wanted it, but I never got one. Was it Nintendo as well? Uh, Yeah, it was compatible with... Well, it was a third-party thing. It was a third-party peripheral. So it was designed to go kind of with like Mortal Kombat. Like the idea was you're supposed to be getting punched in the chest and you feel like that a doesn't vibration. sound pleasant at all. I know. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds great. I don't know. I was all like, oh man, I want to feel Baraka rip my spine out. Yeah. Uh, Technically, Steve, nothing Sub- compares. Sub Zero rips the spine oh, out. Me, let oh. me push my glasses oh, up on my nose. Because... I'm the only one here without glasses. Oh. You want to borrow my glasses? I do. So this joke makes more oh, sense. I do. Right. Okay. It's terrible. You're not, you're gonna have a real hard time seeing. You're gonna have a terrible. Oh headache. Jesus Christ! I'm telling Steve, you, man. I can't see anything. I don't even know. I can see my finger to push them there up. You go. There we go. There you that go. was worth uh, it, though, yeah. for, this, for this it. visual bit. You're going to have a migraine now, and your <laughs> eyeballs might fall out. <laughs> Good, but it was all worth it to correct luckily, you about Sub-Zero. We have this haptic technology, which is also used by in the medical community as remote surgeries, like for robotic arms, wow. to help uh, the more sensitive feel on there. So, you know, so you for when my eyes fall out from wearing your glasses. When your eyes fall out and a surgeon <laughs> from Bangladesh needs to reattach it. We planned that Why whole bit Bangladesh? in interaction to get Bangladesh? us here. Out of all the places to choose. I don't know. They have good doctors in Bangladesh. How do you, Have you had medical treatment in Bangladesh? Twice. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have not. <laughs> but I'm sure they're great. Yeah, so like I said, this is probably the most implemented. Uh, it's definitely on the N64. Undisputable, the most yeah. implemented, uh, unless you count the well, controller pack. Sure, no, no, it's, it's yeah. disputable what he wants to dispute. <laughs> well, well, now we're just talking about Nintendo 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it but, might even be more games than use the memory card. Because not all games use the memory card. No, some of them have internal What are some memory. examples of the memory card? Well, most are. So, like, most I remember. yeah. I remember the first time I, I think I rented a Nintendo 64 from um, from a store. Yeah, I was able to rent a system. Was it Blockbuster? Yeah. No. I Blockbuster did that in their I didn't, early days. I didn't grow up in a place that had Blockbuster. <laughs> oh. um, but it was our local video store, Seaview yeah. Video. 
Um, I rented a Nintendo 64, and I think I rented, I think I got Shadowgate with it. I'm not sure why oh. that was the game that seemed appealing to me as a nine-year-old. Um, I love that NES game. But um, I stopped playing, and I'm like, where's my save data? I had no idea that games required oh, a memory card as a thing because yeah. that was not a technology that you either had a password or the game saved on the card. Um, and so it was really, they're like, you need a memory card to save. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Yeah. And so I just like, I guess I'll just turn it off. And then I lost all my Shadowgate data and I haven't played that game again. I, feel, I, yeah, I had the similar experience when I bought my first PlayStation 2. Like I was real excited to play it. And then I'm like, oh, should I just spend all my money on this system and this game? I can't afford it in memory card. I remember save if, if, you, if, yeah. you, if you filled up your memory card, you would just pause it and go buy a new one, take it out and switch it out real quick just yeah. to make sure that you didn't lose anything or corrupt anything. Yeah, the memory cards, they also didn't hold very much data. They like, were like that's two, what I, three gigs. I think maybe. mine were, were all like, two And some yeah. games would take up a ton of data especially like i remember in nba hang time there was a create a player mode which would almost like use a whole like page of your memory card um i i I still remember like playing silent hill 2 i played the first three hours of silent hill 2 like so many times because i couldn't save it (laughs) but i really went like okay maybe i can get a little farther and i was afraid to leave it on all night like because i heard they burned oh i did that all the time and then i burnt out playstation 2 2 would break if you look at them funny so yeah (laughs) which ones are you talking about the slim ones or the fat boys no the fat boys yeah the slim ones my slim ones still is great mine still kicks too Anyway, okay, so like I said, one of the most implemented, and it, uh, it was used in 213 out of the 296 games on the Ooh. system. Soon to be 297 once uh, 40 Winks comes out. So we'll see if that has Rumble Pack functionality. Um, I think that might have just about covered it. Okay, a little bit about the Star Fox series from here on. There were nine games total, um, but and most of them follow this same kind of rail shooting template, but there were a few that deviated, and they were very weird. Like Star Fox Adventure... Uh, was some would argue the last great rare game, and some would even debate whether or not it's great or not. I really liked it, but it came out on the GameCube. It was a launch title for the GameCube, right? It, w- it was. Close. I don't know if it was launched, but it was very early okay. because it was supposed to be a Nintendo sixty four game. It was ah. called Dinosaur Planet, and then uh, when they realized that they were gonna miss the release date and uh, that it was kind of getting into the final years of the N sixty four, they slapped the Star Fox license on it and kind of reconfigured it for the GameCube. One thing I read that made sense was um, at this point they knew that Rare was going to get bought by Microsoft and Mm -hmm. go over to Microsoft. So they decided to put the Star Fox license on it so that Rare couldn't port it to a Microsoft oh, system. Let, let nice. me interject a question here. Yeah. Uh, newbie here. Yeah. What is what are we talking about with Rare? At first I thought oh. we were talking about Rare. Like, Ooh, is the, Rare is the company that made uh GoldenEye and oh, Donkey okay. Kong sixty four oh, and uh, got it. Uh, okay. made, made a bunch of great I, games. Basically I just try to You gotta listen to the podcast, Brendan. You would know these <laughs> I have, things. But I, I just All right, we're just we're gonna it. sit right here while you listen to all thirty something episodes. <laughs> great. We will wait. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. So how you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Damn it. Okay, I'm no good at that. I air. finished anyway. It was great. Okay. Oh, oh that was yeah, good. Thank you. On thousand percent speed. I, yeah. I, I loved them all. He's oh, a good. speed podcaster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, Star Fox Adventures. Fun little game if you can track it down. It's a, it's a good one for the GameCube. It's kind of like more of a Zelda clone. I, I don't even remember if you get into a ship at all in that game. Are there any uh, ports of it at all, or can I find it online? Probably not. No, I think it's, it's only it's for on GameCube. GameCube. Oh, what a GameCube bummer. exclusive. The other weird one that came out uh, for the Wii U is called Star Fox Guard. Uh, it was kind of packed in with um, Star Fox Zero, which was like a proper Star Fox game on the Wii U. And this one, you're playing as Slippy Toad, your favorite. Oh, and it's a, it's a kind of a weird combination between Tower Defense and Night Trap. So, huh. like, it's a tower defense game where you're cycling between all these different security cameras to try and stop these robots from getting in. That sounds horrendous. It's it's basically like a nothing little bonus add-on game, but it was released in a uh, standalone disc as well. So mm. I will say probably the most successful appearance of Fox, I mean, besides the Star Fox 64, um, at this, was as a character in Smash Brothers. Yeah. Like, I feel like he has lived on very strongly in a Smash That's Brothers presence. That's the only place I had really seen yeah. Star, the Star Fox name at all. And certainly Falco has oh, endured. Uh, Wolf because, eventually made it onto Melee, I believe. And, uh, he's uh, not in Melee. Was he an add-on? Which one is Me- Melee's... Uh, he, he might be in the new... He's not he's in Brawl. He came in Brawl. You're right, I'm thinking of Brawl. Um, yeah, yeah, the first Wii one. But because he's 
Fox and his clone characters have always been like a very high tier for like competitive Smash Brothers players. Is like they want to play as Fox. See, and so. I always found them very difficult to play because because you suck. Well, yeah, that, I mean that, that's a huge. But also, factor. like he's he's got this dash that takes him a little too far. Yeah, like it's kind of you have to be very precise with Fox. So I was always like, a King DDD guy. The key, so. oh, okay. the key with I'm Smash Brothers is to never press B. Yeah, to only use the A attacks because the B attacks are just a waste of time. Okay. I think I think Snake had some pretty cool B attack. Didn't he have a good B attack? Yeah, no one wants to play as Snake. What? What are you talking about? That Snake, looks great. I'm just talking I, I was about. I'm excited he was in there. I'm, but yeah. No, so, totally. Yeah. But I'm just talking about if you want to play at some kind of competitive level, it's right. all about like juggling people with your A attacks to prevent them from having any recovery animation. It is. It is kind of weird. Like, we'll talk about this more when we talk about Smash Brothers. But like, I feel like with a lot of fighting games. There's, like, one character that everybody kind of gravitates to that's, like, really good to spam, like, Eddie Gordo and Tekken or whatever. Like, yeah. easy to spam all these attacks. Maxi and Soul Calibur. Yeah, but I feel like with Smash Brothers, everybody has their own character. Like, everybody has no, one character that they're really good Kirby at. It was Kirby for a long time. I would say mm. that Kirby was the go-to noob character um, in Smash Brothers oh. where people would fly up and, like, rock oh, down rock. on well, people just can, constantly. You can steal people's powers, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's kind of a huge But, bonus. like, my, my best character is Mr. Game & Watch. Yeah. And, like, I don't know anybody else who plays Mr. Game & Watch, I don't but know I play him DDD all the guys. time, and he's great. Um, anyway. So look forward to that episode sometime. That's going to be a fun one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys have anything else to say about Star Fox 64? Are you ready to move on? It's dope. I'm a fan. It's great. I, like I, it. I yeah. enjoyed it even though I was terrible at it. You just, were. Just we, the worst. I'm glad I'm not the worst gamer in the room for once. Whoa. We did kind of throw you under the bus in terms of like, there's the intro level where like Peppy does a good job like telling you to do a barrel roll and yeah. teaching you different skills. And then we're like, it's the third level. And we're like, okay, Brandon, you play now. And, like, <laughs> so, and it was one of those dogfight levels too. Oh, Terrible. yeah. Yeah, you I were getting spammed. But so yeah. bad. <laughs> well, okay, so we're going to move on to our rankings for uh, new listeners. We rank each game that we play. We add it to our list. What are we up to now? We're over uh, 50. Like 50, 55 yeah, with Transformers, Beast Wars, Transmetal in the back for both of us. So that's now this is a game. new, a new Beast themed game. Yes, um, I'll go ahead and go first. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, I, I this game is great. I I had sort of forgotten it. I don't think of it as like a go to must own game or a game that I've played a lot of. But as I thought about it more and I had played, you know, remembered all of the levels. Now it has a lot of replay value because like. There's a score challenge, and so if you hit a certain score, you'll go to harder levels, and mm. you really want to see all the levels because they're all they're all different and well done. It's really cool to get to that submarine level. Um, I'm gonna put this game as uh, fourth on my list behind Banjo Kazooie. Wow, okay, wow. Oh, way, up pretty there. High. way up there. Yeah, uh, it was it was very close to being ahead of Banjo Kazooie, but Banjo Kazooie has a lot more. Uh, there's just more. Yeah, there's more. Yeah, there's more game. gameplay. Um, game. But I think Star Fox 64 still holds up really well. Absolutely, and it's it's very short and easily playable in little bursts too. Like like mm-hmm. I said, we beat the whole game, but we didn't. Yeah, it's short to but get a playthrough, but to you want to go and right. You would have to play through it at least three times to see everything, and it is very hard to unlock some of these old, yeah other levels. Well, I believe it. I believe it, and I, I love any game with like secrets that you have to uncover and like dig around in, and mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this being my first time playing through it, uh, I thought it was great. I had a fantastic time with it. I understand all the hype around it now. I think it really kind of showcases the potential that this series always had, but it was always just kind of, like you said, it was stuck being a tech demo more than a game. Now it's a game. Now it gets to actually shine and do its own thing. Uh, this is going to be my new number five game. Uh, way up there. Uh, I think that puts it right between uh, Tony Hawk no, yeah, between Tony Hawk 3 and Pokemon Snap. Cool. Uh, so, you have, Brendan, you have one game on this list. Where would you well, like to rank it? I, I'm going to go with a different rating system. Okay. okay. I'm going to go with a Gold Bloom. A Gold Bloom? A Gold Bloom rating. Okay. okay. I'd give this one at least eight Gold Blooms. Nice. Okay. Possibly that's, eight and a half. Nice. That's a good, that's yeah. a good amount of Gold Blooms. I think that we should not explain how that system works at all. I don't nope. think we need um, to. I think that's... <laughs> I think the name of it is explanation enough. Yeah. Uh, before we close out, we have one letter. Uh, I'm read. Uh, oh, it's it brightens my week when people write letters. It's I love like, it, and this one's even taking us to task a little bit. And I'm well, still I think about that it. all of them are going to be taking us to add a little bit. <laughs> Which <laughs> maybe I'm, someday we'll get a letter that's like, "Keep up the great work, guys." <laughs> yeah, but. I think I've sent a majority of these keeping you up to task. Or you know, if you guys want to write like a keep up the good work one, uh, you could write that on our iTunes account at uh, you know, mm. go and give us a five star rating and a review. That helps us out a Ooh, lot. That was a nice plug. I think Thank that was a you. Good quality oh, I had plug. to, I had to see. But in the meantime, you could also send us emails. Ultra 
Ultra64 podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so this one's from Jeremy. It says, Dear Stephen Woody, after listening to your episode about the two Ken Griffey Jr. games, I was curious why you didn't use this as an opportunity to talk about Nintendo's partial ownership of the Seattle Mariners. I remember as a kid going to the Kingdome and there being a guy in the Mario suit riding a Yoshi suit and then playing the Ken Griffey Jr. games with my brother at home for both Super NES and N64. Also later, I once, uh, also later on, once the DS came out, Nintendo did some cross-promoting by letting you view replays of the game on your DS or 3DS when you were at the stadium. Hopefully informative, Jeremy. That's very informative, and it I is. totally... I think I knew that thing about Nintendo owning the Mariners, but I just... It slipped I my mind not. to include that. If we were... If they were statistic keepers for our podcast, they would mark this one in the error category. I think they would. Because we really dropped the ball by not bringing that up. <laughs> we did. Um, in our ba- in this our is baseball, baseball talk again. Yeah. I understand yeah. it. It's great. Do I they like still baseball. have partial ownership over the Mariners? Or is yeah. it... You, I don't know. God you, damn you it, Brandon. Why do you have to ask this? us more questions? <laughs> you think I would have looked more into this once um, I got this Yeah, yeah, yeah really you would have. Um, Jeremy, will you write us again and tell us if they still have ownership? Even though you live like 10 minutes down that way. I mean, for us, this has been a couple days in between podcast but people listening this is several weeks so, oh yeah uh, you know like yeah this, Wait, this is gonna be even on. more egregious for them who owns but uh, uh live googling everyone's Mariners. favorite part but in the meantime i'm gonna tell you about our uh, social media hit us up at ultra 64 podcast on twitter i would love to have more twitter followers i i tweet goofy things sometimes uh, hold on, we're Steve. On... I have important updates. Okay, what do we got? Nintendo of America sold by Ni- Mariners to be sold by Nintendo to ownership group led by John Stanton. I don't know who John Stanton is. Sounds important. But he's a member. He owns an ownership group, so their job okay. is to just go out and own things. And now wow. they own the Seattle Mariners. So oh, no longer does I Nintendo. Do that. Own I own a lot of shit. Look around this room. There's <laughs> I mean, so much there's shit. There's so here. much shit in here. Yeah, I own stuff. There's a very scary little doll. It's like a, it's not even a doll. It's a oh sculpture. god, it's like a Hummel it's figurine. A Hummel. I hate that. I think that's Nicole's grandmother gave us that. It, it that freaks makes me it out worse. too. I work in here too. I'm looking. That thing's looking at me every day. That makes day. it much worse. Sometimes it sings like very lightly under its Ooh. breath. That's oh. pretty great. Yeah. But yes, you can see our full rankings at ultra64podcast.com. We uh, keep those up pretty up to date. So uh, take a look at those. Like we said, rate us, review us on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Tell your friends. Do you think that Nintendo was able to get the Ken Griffey? No, the Ken Griffey license for free because they like. Own the team? No, probably not, because he probably own that'd, that'd be owned by like the players' union, and so I'm sure he yeah, owns yeah, his own yeah. License, I think it's a whole different but, thing. Okay, but that's an interesting thought. But. Anyway, that has been the show for this week, Brennan. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I love being the the third guy you caught. No, I'm yeah, <laughs> you were like the eighth guy. <laughs> I believe uh, calm that. Calm down. Calm down. No, no, no. Thank you so much for coming. He, he was very last minute, and he uh, he helped us out a lot. So Woo. thank you very much for that. My pleasure. Next week, oh Christ. All right, we're pulling a band-aid oh, on this Christ, one. Christ, the game. Featuring <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it's you stars Jesus Christ in a B-boy dance battle to save the community center. Oh, I thought center. it was going to be a gritty survival game after he comes out from the... <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all know he does not survive, Brendan. Uh, at least not At least not on this planet. Not in the conventional sense, yeah. no. Survives for eternity. Anyway, the, the game we're playing next week, and I'm... Uh, what is it, Steve? It's NFL Quarterback Club, Woo! 1998 <laughs> through 2001, oh. featuring Brett Favre. I fucking hate football. This is going to be. I mean, so to well, this be, is only half of the. This is less than half of the football games we have. I to know. Play, I so. know. It's no. just a dent in them. But think of this as building up an immunity to it, like oh, when God, you go I get your so. flu shot. From when, when people tell me is that these are like the fun, these are fun football games if you like that kind of thing, but I don't like that kind of thing. So maybe I'll get lucky. I'm about to go to Peru for a couple of weeks, so maybe I'll get lucky. I'll get bit by a snake and I'll die. <laughs> and then we won't have to worry about this. So uh, if you don't hear the episode uh, next week, then I'm dead. Uh, and send all money to uh, I will just continue. Nowhere. Hello, this is me, Steve Gutley. Uh, this I is think, my podcast. And I it's always so uh, weird hearing your own voice. Like, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have thought I sounded like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely do. I can confirm that. Yeah, I sound you, like Sega. Yep. Sega. <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next week with NFL Quarterback Club. Everybody, do a U-turn. Do a barrel roll. Yeah. Shoot a laser beam. Fox, get this guy off me. Do a barrel roll.